today on the Rita Mimi Do It Show. Mindset work is the thing that anchors me and keeps me going. Is like, if, whether it feels hard or not, like when I get up, I'm journaling, I'm journaling, whatever, it, and it changes for me. When it feels like a really hard thing, sometimes I have to force myself to write some gratitudes about the, the fact that I chose this life. I chose to work into an RV. I chose to homeschool the kids. I chose to have my own business. I'm grateful for the flexibility of it, you know, and then affirmations. It's just working, you know, all of the things, it changes, right? That That is probably the number one thing that has allowed it to be successful more than schedules or figuring out where everybody's going to go or whatever. And then the other thing is honestly, just the fact that I've built a business that works around myself and my life. Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because, of, Rita, because of Rita, I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach. Also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and vlogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. I am so excited for today's episode. I am bringing to you not only an amazing business owner and a friend, but my own podcast editor, Kim. And I I can't wait for you to learn all about her. But so, Kim, you sold your house. You bought an RV. You're traveling the United States of America. You're living, like really, truly living in the RV with your spouse with your two school-age children <laughs> while, while, hold on, I'm not done, guys, like while running your own business with your spouse as your business partner during a pandemic, okay? So like during a <laughs> pandemic and you had your best year in business yet. So it's kind of like, what question do I not ask you <laughs> on this interview? But guys, if that did not, you know, this whole podcast is about doing unconventional things and bucking the status quo. And like, if that didn't just mix all of that up into one bowl, I don't know what other guests will. So I'm really excited for the takeaways that you're going to get today. And so, Kim, like, let's just kick it off. I think you've always loved travel. I did a little bit of research about you. And also it helped. The a little recent- stalking. Well, and you had you had a recent post, too, that kind of, like, gave all this personal information. Mm-hmm. I was like, how timely and how convenient. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. So, um, but it seems like you've always loved travel, right? You traveled in school. You studied abroad. Has mm-hmm. travel always just been kind of, like, something you knew was going to be part of your ongoing life or no? Not at all. Not, I mean, not necessarily. I've just, I mean, I didn't even like go away to college or anything other than that one semester away. So I did, I, it sounds like I traveled a lot, but compared to some of the people I work with, I didn't travel a ton. Um, I don't know. It just, I got to a place in my life where I'm just going to take opportunities that present themselves. And that's, that's so where, where, where did you grow up? Um, I was born in the Bay Area of California, San Jose. Uh, when I was like fifth or sixth grade, my parents moved us out to the boonies in the middle of nowhere, like 50 acres of land in the middle of central California. Um, so it was near Fresno, California. So I grew up the rest of the time there. 
Yeah, well, well, and then you you did what everybody does, right? You went to school, you got a job, like so. I noticed you used to be a physician's assistant. Was like medicine, mm-hmm. okay. and mm-hmm. that was that your career trajectory? Was that just a career you fell into, or was that something you were really aiming towards? Um, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I mean, when I graduated high school, I wanted to be an actress, which is me complete. too, Kim. <laughs> My mother said like, my mother said I was not allowed to go to the college I wanted to go to if I was going to major in theater because I, I wanted to go to GW and that's like $40,000 a year and she was like if you're going to be an actress you can go to the local state like like yes. local community if you're going to get a real degree then you can go to the GW right yeah, exactly. yeah I had that real degree conversation with my dad <laughs> as well <laughs> I wanted to be an actress I wanted to be a photographer I applied to NYU's photography program I didn't get in but you know I wasn't you know I'm I'm not that artsy of a person so it didn't work out so how did you fall into physicians assistants well um yeah so I just seem to fall into things sometimes yeah <laughs> but, but that's um great I cheesy as it sounds I I literally like the the, cur- the trajectory for my life is I knew when I was young I wanted to get married and have kids I knew I wanted to be a mom I really didn't care what I did for a career like I wanted something challenging because I'm smart and I love school and I love learning um, I actually worked a lot of years for my dad and his friends' businesses, and I ended up working as a medical assistant at one of my dad's friends' clinics and met a PA there. And I was like, oh, this is really cool, and this is really awesome. And um, I actually was on track to go to medical school. I took the MCATs. I took I a biology degree. I decided not to go to medical school. I decided it wasn't for me and that I was like, I interviewed like every female physician that was around me on like life and family stuff. And they were all either like divorced or, you know, I'm like, when do you have kids and all this? And that they were like, you know, and I was like, okay, that's not for me. So I stopped tracks on that. Literally looked through like every single job online of like, what can I do? (laughs) Because I need to make some money. And, uh, and I was like, the only thing that kind of settled in was like still medicine. So the PA was a great balance for me. Um, a lot of PAs work part time, you can switch specialties. Like I worked in OBGYN and helped like deliver babies for a year and a half before I moved out of Fresno. And then I switched to pediatrics when I moved to Las Vegas and, um, still get paid very good money. Um, so it was a great job and I absolutely loved it. Um, until I had my kids and then I just, things changed. And I think that happens for a lot of people. Before I get to that, cause I'm glad you're transitioning into that. Cause obviously we want to talk about what led you to start your own business, but I do love how you said you interviewed all of those women <laughs> physicians, because you know, you know, well, you know, one thing that I, I help my clients do is design a business around their life. So it's like, let's get really clear about the life that you want to live and then make decisions about your business that support that life instead of just diving in, building a business and then going, whoa, wait a minute, like, where where does my life fit in? Totally. So many people don't do that with their career, right? It's kind of like, get clear on the values kind of, you might not know the details, but the type of life you want to live like you did. And then make sure you're making choices in your career that support it. And I love that you kind of took the bull by the horns and was like, wait a minute, I'm going to see what their life is like to see if I can actually have the life I want with this job. And then you made a decision that was in alignment with that. I think that that's so interesting. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like, I'm about to dedicate like 10 years of my life and not knowing where I'm going to live for the next 10 years. Like I need to know that I'm going to get to so have smart. the life so I want smart. afterwards. I love it. I love the intentionality. So what, so obviously you kind of started answering it, but like the pull to your own business that started 
when you had children. So how did that go? Like that you went from, I'd like more time with my family. I'd like more time with my children. To I'm quitting my job and I'm just going to do my own thing. <laughs> well, um, I honestly had like, I had never dreamed of being an entrepreneur. I did not even know this whole amazing world of online business existed. My version of entrepreneur is like, was a, I don't know, a tech startup or, you know, like my dad had his own CPA firm, but I like, I had no idea that this world was out there. And um, I had my first son, I worked part time as a PA, that was an okay balance. But there were just like, my kids were like obsessed with me as babies, I breastfed for like ever. And so they were like little shitheads to my husband when I was gone. (laughs) And like, I just so many days when like, they'd be screaming when I left for work, my husband would call me and the kids screaming in the background, I just felt miserable. I pushed through because I didn't think there was any other option. And then it got a little bit better as my first son got older had a second son and the same thing happened again. And it was just like, you know, I literally pried crying kids off of me when I needed to go to work. And uh, my husband had uh, quit his job to go to school full time. And so I was supporting our family and like, I can't not work. Um, But it was just, it was heartbreaking. And I was in tears all the time. I'm like, there's got to be a better way. (laughs) It has got to be something else. So I started listening to podcasts actually of like, was searching for like working mom podcasts because I'm like, somebody else has to understand what's going on here and maybe can give me some insight or how they handle it because I'm not handling it well. And I actually came across uh, this woman was a guest on the podcast. Her name is uh, Lauren Golden. She created this program called the Free Mama. Um, I think it's just called the free mama. And so like, it's a course for people that want to become VAs. And so, and I had searched like work from home jobs. I tried to get, tried to see if I could work as a PA from home telemedicine and all this stuff. And just for reasons that have to do with like the laws behind PAs versus doctors and stuff, it just, it wasn't going to work out in the state I was in. So I'm like, it was scary as shit to say, can I do something different? Like I actually don't have to be a PA. <laughs> like I worked a really long time. I'm really good at it. Thankfully, I had paid all my student loans off. That made the decision a lot easier. I had no more student loans, but it was still scary. But going, you know what? Like, I just feel in my bones that I need to be home and I still need to support my family. So how do I do that? So I kept Googling virtual assistant, virtual assistant. When I heard Lauren talk about this, I was like, oh, maybe this is the thing. Like, I'm going to do it. So I, you know, that's that was the first step, I guess, is like, So like you kind of just like threw your hat in the ring, said, I'm going to put it out there that I can do some virtual assistancing for people. Right. And then I'm like, I'm going to take this course. I took her course. I spent like a thousand dollars on her course. I still, of course, stayed at my job because, you know, we're like, how long is this going to take? Is this this really going to happen? You know, I was so scared to even tell anybody I was doing this when I first started. I didn't even want to tell my family. (laughs) I don't know. We're going to see how this goes. Right. But I so so many people think they have to quit their job in order to start a business. And like, that's just not true you can keep your job right. it's totally fine and build oh, your, yeah build your business totally that and i would recommend better. that yeah exactly <laughs> right like we all recommend it so you did this course you kind of became this ba how did you then transition into podcast because that's so specific like podcasting podcast editing did you ha- did, were you a techie did you have like all of this editing background like i don't i, I just don't know how somebody falls into something so technical <laughs> right without any of that, that experience a lot yeah. yeah, I get that question a lot. And I, I just shared some posts about that this, this week, because I had absolutely no background in editing, or tech stuff other than just being a nerd, uh, no background in video editing or anything like that. Like I said, my background was in medicine. And I'm, I think I'm 
fairly tech savvy, but like my college degree was in biology. Like, And so when I started working as a VA and it took me months to even get my first client, honestly, just trying to be like, I don't care what you want me to do. If you pay me for it, I'll do it. I, you know, like I, I look back at my Instagram from two years ago. It was a hot mess. I thought like posting cute quotes was like what you're supposed to do. That's start. it. That's all you have to do, right? That's but all you got to do, right? Inspirational People quotes and the clients will come, right? And <laughs> funnily enough, like my husband was like, you know, because I the course came with this list of like a bazillion things that VAs can do and podcast editing was on there. And I was like, I don't know anything about that. I can't do that. And my husband was like, hey, this podcast I listen to is looking for a VA. Like, maybe you should get into that. And I was like, nah, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to do this like admin kind of stuff. And so I actually was doing like my first client, I like wrote blog posts for her. <laughs> okay. Um, which was amazing. Like she box her stuff and I'd create a blog post for her and make it pretty. Uh, Corey, who, you know, um, actually was my, I was in her Facebook group, stalking her group for clients, actually. And I fell in love with her and hopped on. I heard her through her lives talking about um, starting her podcast. And I'm like, right before that, I guess I had had a potential client say, could you edit and upload my podcast? And I sat there and scoured YouTube for like an hour. And I'm like, I could do that. That's how I got into it. And so I asked I Corey, it. I was actually on a discovery call with Corey to prior her as my coach. And I'm like, by the way, who's editing your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Whether I hire you, I hire you or not. She's like, actually, I think like maybe one of my team members was going to do it. Like I tried to do it. I didn't really love it. And I said, well, can I edit it for you? And she said, okay. She asked like, my rates were like ridiculously cheap because I had no idea what to charge. And she's like, can I just, can you just do one for like this rate? And I said, actually, I'll do it for free. I'll do your first one for free. I That was the very first time I had ever edited any audio. And I legit fell in love with it. I was like, oh my God, this is so fun. <laughs> and she loved it. And she hired me. She was my first client. She's oh, still with I me. Oh, I love that. Yeah, players, she's still with later. you. And that's how I got to you. And that's how, yeah, that's incredible, yeah. right? That you were just like, let me try it. And I love that you removed, I, I think, uh, I talked about this a long time ago in my interview with Paul Brunson. And he said, you know, the quickest way you can build your business is remove that barrier to having the experience, which is the paywall, right? Like if you remove the paywall, you're still getting value. It's it's a monetary equivalent, right? When you edited that yeah. podcast, like that was probably way more valuable than even just any money for doing it. And then boom, like everything that flowed in from that. I love it. So what did it really take? Like when you decided this is what I'm going to do, what did it take to leap into that fully, right? To be like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to go after. Because that's kind of a scary place to be too. We know when you're like, I'm going to go this narrow and say that I am your podcast editing chick and this is what I can do. So what did it take for you to be able to do that? Well, at this point, I had already left my job in the clinic. Um, As soon as I was on track to like make somewhat enough to get by. I put my notice in at the clinic and left, which was great. Of course, I wasn't making anywhere near what I needed to at first, but it went quickly after that because I decided I went all in, this is going to work and I'm going to work my ass off at it. Well, of course, my kids were like two and four at the time. They were very little, so still at home. Um, But so I kind of had, after I started working with Corey as my coach, I narrowed down to kind of tech stuff. So I did like three things, like backend, like email marketing kind of setup and website stuff, and then podcasts. And and it got much better. And I loved it. But I was finding that like, I wasn't loving the other things as much. And like, I still remember being on a couple of discovery calls where I talked to a client about potentially both, like they needed some tech help, and they were starting a podcast. And they point out to me like, 
when you talk about podcasts, like you really light up because <laughs> I got so nerdy. I'm like, I'm so excited <laughs> about this. Let's do this and we can do this. And I'm like, I think I need to listen to that. And this is where I was getting a lot of clients. I was having the most fun. And, and you know, my coach Corey had encouraged me to like, create your business based on the things that light you up. If you create your business based on the things you think you're supposed to do, you're going to attract more of those clients and then you're just going to be unhappy. So I was like, okay, cool, let's just do it. And and, and the rest is like, and look, the rest and then, is history, right? Best year in business ever yet, which we're going to get to. But what habits would you say? So you left your job, you kind of transitioned into your own business. What habits did you have to let go of in order to realize the success that you've had in your business, right? There's that transition from whether it's corporate or it's retail or it's what, you know, there's that I work for other people. I'm an employee and then transitioning into now I own my own business. And there are a lot of mindsets we have to let go of and a lot of habits we kind of have to let go of. I'm just curious what some of those were that you had to say, like, I'm letting these go and embracing this. And that's what really allowed me to have success in my business. I mean, a huge thing I think that any of us as entrepreneurs have to let go from corporate is this like hours for dollars mentality, right? Like if I want to make more money, I'm going to have to work you know, equivalently more hard, instead of maybe just smarter or in different ways or think outside the box. So that was one big mindset thing that I had to um, look at. Another thing was really just that being so used to like having an income ceiling, right? Going like, I actually could potentially, I mean, it's limitless, right? Like, that's that was something I really had to wrap my head around. Um, and also knowing that I get to focus on myself and what I wanted and not just like making sure I pleased other people, right? Didn't just show up in an interview, please hire me. You know, I actually get to have this two-way conversation, right? And like, do I feel like I want to work with this person? Um, all three of those things and kind of leaning into what felt good for me enabled me, I think, to get to where I'm at today. Those are so good. I love that the does it feel good? Because as an employee, right, you kind of just get what you get. You get the projects you get. You get the work that you get. Doesn't matter if it doesn't really feel like great to you usually, or at least you don't think you can speak up and, and right. you have to go for it. But I do love what you said about uh, working smarter, not harder. Because I remember many a day in corporate America that I would work the entire day, maybe longer, 12 hours, right? And at the end of the day, I'd be like, I don't know what I did. Like, right? I, don't, I don't feel <laughs> like I got anything done, right? And so people think, oh, well, if I just work more, if I work more hours, I'm like, you could work so many hours and not be doing anything that moves the needle forward, <laughs> totally. right? So like, I love that you're like, no, like the thing that moved my bit was I had to start getting intentional about what's moving the needle forward. It's not about working more hours. It's about right. what is it that's going to advance my business, right? So I, I, those are great lessons. So, but let's get to the part that I know everybody's probably like, Rita, we hear about people starting their own business on your podcast all the time. But this girl is living in an RV and like running a business and like traveling and all the things. So when did you decide to like, podcast podcast but take this show on the road right when did you decide to do that well um i want to say it's actually kind of a funny story so i think it was somewhere around like september 30th maybe of 2019 um we were sitting down to i don't know we can't even remember now it was like lunch or dinner or something and my husband is a funny guy he jokes a lot so he made a joke about something that must have had something to do with living in an rv and i seriously felt like i just had this like full body sensation of like hope and I asked him like would you seriously consider that we had never talked about this before in our lives we had planned to live in this house in Las Vegas for the foreseeable future 
We had never driven an RV. We had never even been camping together. We had barely even actually been on any vacations together because we had kids very quickly and, you know, life after that. And he was like, yeah, actually. So like within 48 hours, I remember like we're both researching frantically, like, can you do this with small children? Like, how does this work? And he came up to me and said, like, babe, like we need to make this happen. Like, I think we're going to regret it if we don't do it let's just do it. If, you know, worst case scenario, whatever, we'll like rent something or whatnot. And within three months we had sold everything and moved out and moved into the RV. Wow. So t- <laughs> tell me, I know people are like, wait, two small kids, a spouse, a business, like, tell me about this RV. Like, is this a magical RV where like, tell me, I mean, like, tell me about the Good logistics question. of your RV. So we bought a, it's 32 feet, uh, class C RV. So it's the one that like, looks like the kind in the movies, like with the, truck at the front right like okay. the camp the thing over the top yeah. it's all one piece it's a motor home um and we have a jeep that we tow behind it people always ask like when i drive to go get an appointment or something <laughs> like where's matt and the kids i'm like well they're back at the camper so we have we sold both of our cars got one car that we could tow behind and it's 32 feet including like the front so it's not big it's got a queen size bed in the back a bunk beds for the kids like a teeny ass little kitchen and it's got a little area over like the cab that now like we the kids that's we call it a kid cave like that's where we put the kids toys and they play and play video games and stuff and they're like a little couch and a little table but that's it so like Matt and I were both working in our business at the time which made it possible right like neither one of us had to think about leaving corporate my son was in kindergarten but he wasn't like public school wasn't doing great for him like he's he's a really advanced kid and he was bored out of his mind and hating school like a month into kindergarten and so we're like really wasn't a question to worry about taking him out of school and our littlest was not even he was in preschool but it was we were really lucky like we didn't have to worry about leaving a huge community of like their friends or school like they just felt like the perfect age and they're still at the age where they think we're cool and they want to hang out with us 24-7. So being stuck in an RV, we're like, maybe this is the time to do it. We'd always, we'd talked about travel. And my husband's dream was like to travel someday and to just be able to say, which direction is the wind going? Let's travel that way today. So we're like, we had always done this, like we talked about it in retirement, right? Someday, 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 let's do it someday. And we're like, you know what? Like there may not be that someday. Why don't we just do it now? (laughs) we'll make it work we'll figure it out (laughs) so it sounds like everything was like smooth right and effort but what i'd love to ask you is what like what went into being able to do it like what obstacles did have to be overcome if somebody's thinking well i want to do it well hey cool my kids in kinder let's just do it let's just sell everything and go like what were some of the realities or like things you had to consider or obstacles that had to be overcome to be able to to do this and do it well because if you pulled your kid i'm, I'm assuming you're homeschooling yeah right? homeschooling. so, so mm-hmm. like what other obstacles were? if somebody's sitting out there thinking i think i want to do this you would say here are some things to consider Totally. And I guess I kind of make it sound like I'm minimizing it. Like, oh, it's no big deal. We just put our house on the market. And we did get really lucky. I did a lot of like forward forward future gratitude journaling about this, about it being easy to sell my house and smooth transition. And it really did turn out that way. But obviously, I mean, it was a big to do trying to run and build a business and sell our house and, you know, get it ready to go and do research about what the hell we were going to do once we got an RV and find the RV. That was a big thing for us. It's like we didn't have the money to pay for the RV until we sold our house. So we're like, how are we going to make this transition? Some people have enough cash that they just like 
because actually there's a huge community of full-time families out there um, doing full-time RV life. Um, they might already have a camper or they buy it before, but we didn't really have that. So we're like trying to figure out that transition piece. Like, what do we do if we sell our house and then we still don't have the camper? Like, where do we go? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> we were, uh, this is a gamble. So yeah. yeah exactly. And being like our only income being my business, we're like, are we going to be able to get a loan with just self-employment income? How are we going to do this? Um, we were lucky enough, like the, the right, we were just kind of searching for campers. Cause like I said, we had never my husband, Matt, did some research on them and was like, I think I like this kind, but we had never been in one before. I mean, I had technically been in one. Side fact, my family lived in a camper similar to this stationary, though, for like six months, I want to say, when we first moved to that property while we were building our house. That did not was not a great experience. So funnily <laughs> enough, I moved my adult family into one. But um, I will say traveling in an RV is different than being stationary in an RV for me. <laughs> I can see. I can totally <laughs> see that. Uh, so I love that you really did some you did some research. You had to make some choices around like what if, you had to think about what if a little bit, not like what if it doesn't work, but like what if this step doesn't line up with that step? What if this thing and you just kind of like what back of the napkin had some ideas of what you might do and decided it'll work out. We'll just do yeah, it. I mean, yeah, I mean, we had to think about those, too. Like what well, we did, we did get lucky and we found a camper and got a loan for a camper before we moved. But then we had to figure out like, what are all the things that we need? What are we going to need in this camper? Like how much stuff can we fit in it? What are we going to sell? What are we going to keep? How are, I, I didn't put too much pressure on homeschool at first because they were still really little. Yeah. Um, but it was mostly just that kind of what are, you know, how does this actually work? What is the logistics like? Yeah, like know. like think those through before you like put the house on the market, maybe a little bit and before you go out and just buy the RV. Now, I, so people hear about this, right? And it sounds so luxurious because, you know, it becomes like a very influencer kind of thing for some people too. like, I'm just living the RV life and traveling and like seeing all the things and look at my glamorous Airstream and look at like <laughs> all of this stuff, right? Everything's so wonderful. So I'm curious what is the reality of this versus like what you might have thought when you were like dreaming mm. about it, right? Because we always have the dream and then we step into the dream and the dream might be wonderful and it might be great, but it's very rarely once it becomes a reality, what we really had envisioned in our mind. So like, what are some of the things that you would tell people like, hey, if you're thinking about this RV life, like that's cool, you're gonna hear this, but the reality is this and, and not that I wanna discourage people from it but i think it's so important i had a laura casey right on as mm -hmm. one as you know uh, on one of my episodes and i mean she was like here's the reality of being like a multi-million dollar business owner versus what you think it's gonna be like right totally. like you think it's gonna be this the reality is this so i'm curious how that plays out for you totally and there are lots of great things about it i would say the reality is you know having to the things that we find stressful is and it depends on how you want to do this we we know people and we have friends that have their whole year planned out ahead of time and they have reservations here and there and they just kind of know where they're going to go or some people that stay a month or more at a certain place like we don't we very rarely have plans like more than a couple of weeks ahead of time because we like to just kind of see where we feel like going and we do a lot of what's called boondocking, which is like, like right now we're just on some, it's called BLM or government land in Arizona. It's free to stay at, but there's no reservations. So like we drove out here and, you know, it's possible we couldn't find a spot. And so that can be stressful. Like if you're, it, it's exciting and stressful at the same time to like 
every two weeks have to sit down and, okay, babe, where are we going to go next? And do we need a reservation here? Um, I would say the thing that people caution you a lot, and I would agree, is it's more expensive than it sounds. It sounds like a really cheap lifestyle. Hey, like, I'm going to save so much money. I don't have a mortgage payment, which is cool. I don't have a mortgage payment. We are still paying a little bit on the RV, but campgrounds are expensive (laughs) and gas is expensive. And like this year, in the last year, we went to 23 different states. We crossed the country completely. We went all the way from, well, started in Nevada, went to California, then across the year. Like we ended up in Maine and back and gas is expensive. Tolls were really expensive on the East Coast, which we were not used to being West Coast. Right. That's true. (laughs) That's true. See, being on the East Coast, I'm like, there aren't tolls like this in other places? There are not. And in an RV is freaking expensive for a toll. (laughs) <laughs> right yeah um and but the campground feeds adds up and we use propane for like our furnace and for cooking and for a refrigerator if we're not hooked up to power and that adds up laundry like we don't have a laundry situation in our rv although we did buy like a small one that we can use like i have to wash the kids underwear today like right, we could yeah. do that but it's a pain in the butt um so you gotta go to the laundromats which is not an issue but it adds up that price adds up and then you've got to like plan an outing to go to town to wash your laundry no dishwasher which sounds petty and a first word problem it's not that big of a deal but i miss my dishwasher no that's actually so when i was doing research (laughs) for this interview right that's one thing i saw a lot of rvers like that's what they brought up like okay when i move back into a house what i'm most looking forward to is my dishwasher (laughs) i don't mind the laundry so much i don't mind doing the laundromat the other thing is space right like it's one thing to say like my kids are home full-time my husband and I are home full time because of the pandemic. But if you've got a house, like you've got doors to close, you lock. Well, I'm on the glad I'm glad door. you're going yeah. into this because the next topic I wrote down was like close quarters, right? So I had like close quarters. It's like what yes. is really required to be able to live and work on the road successfully? Because you are in close quarters. There aren't doors that you can just shut. There's not like mom's having like work time now like doors shut don't come in right like see you in a couple of hours like and and not only that but because you're so there are lots of different questions and we can unpack them separately but like you work it with your husband so like there, there are the boundaries between our life as a married couple versus our life as business partners you could easily be talking about work like all the time right like and then you have like the kids so the boundaries with the kids and being parents versus like working and then you have um you know your hours right like when like your travel your like your life is your vacation in a way so like how right it all starts blending so it's like what's really required to have the organization and the boundaries for traveling and having a successful business especially one that you run with your spouse um, that's a great question. I would say, and I will say, I forgot to mention part of the prep work we did before we made this like officially decision is we, we talked to our couples counselor and was like, is this a crazy idea? Like, so smart. we're going to be stuck in this. I love, no, I want that to, and I want that to stay in. I want, I'm telling, telling my editor, I'd like that to stay in because you just heard like the door open and shut to the oh, RV, right? Because, that was like, Evan. Right. Because you're in an RV. Like this is reality. Like this is the reality of uh, exactly what we're talking about. I love that you talked to your couple, couple's counselor about this. Yeah. And we were like, and he said, honestly, I think it's a great idea. And so like, we're like, is this a stupid idea? But like, and so we asked him like, what do we need as a couple to prepare? for this because obviously like our communication is going to have to be on point and it wasn't great at first we just talked about like now where we're at now compared to a year ago and it's still not perfect we're still seeing a therapist together like it's I don't think it's ever perfect but 
we it's so much better now than it used to be but we have to communicate about like if somebody's driving and the other one's navigating like this happens every week and every two weeks and like how are we going to communicate schedules and we did finally kind of um figure out how to work out schedules but there's my work schedule his work schedule um kids homeschool and then other things and then trying to figure out like our personal time as well like I said we have one table which is so much better now my husband tore out like it had like a bench kind of thing that makes the bed like we tore all that out and he built us like a real table with real chairs which helps but that's our only table so like sometimes I, t- I have to take the kids outside to do homeschool while he's working or I'll work on the bed while he's doing homeschool up here or working or the kids are up in the little kid cave or they're on the floor or I mean, one of the great things about our business is that like, I've always built it to like, this is my life. I have two small kids. They're part of my life and they might come on the call with me like when, <laughs> when we're yeah, working. Yeah. And so that's just, it's, it's so great about having an online business is that it can be that way. Like, hey, we live in an RV. My kids are here because I'm doing a podcast interview right now. The kids are outside with Matt, but usually they're in here running around. And I just, that's just, my clients are cool with that. And, have, and like sometimes their kids pop on the call, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, work hours. We what we tend to do is we actually use, um, you know, I'm obsessed with uh, Lara's power sheets as well. Thanks to you. (laughs) And so her little like day planner, like tear off sheet thing. We just started doing that the night before Matt and I will write out like I'll write out when my calls are the next day and what he he has to do for work and what I have to do for work. And then like he fills in the time. And so in the morning, we're not having this conversation of like, what work do you have on your plate today? What work do you have on your plate today? And causing a fight which it was doing for a while <laughs> we're like okay yeah, this is mommy's that. work time dad's gonna take the kids for homeschool or we're gonna go on a walk or vice versa right if, if dad's working or having his personal time which he needs more like he's more introverted he needs more like quiet alone time so I'll try and take the kids outside or go for a drive or something like that it does it does and I, well let's talk so it I mean yes like really coordinating your schedules and and I love what you said there about He's more of an introvert. He's going to need more quiet alone time. So I'm going to create situations that give him. It's really being aware about what your partner <laughs> needs, right? And saying, okay, like I have to provide that because I, if you're more introverted, right? The RV life is going to drive you <laughs> crazy. And it does drive right? us crazy sometimes. Like, cause sometimes it's rainy or windy and we're all stuck inside and the kids are having a rough day and somebody didn't sleep well. And I don't know, the furnace broke or something happened. And you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's stressful. And then we're all like up in each other's faces. And there's nowhere to run. (laughs) If you had to to put it in like two tips, right? Two things, right? That allow you to be successful in your business, despite the bad days, despite the arguments, despite the, you know, the stress that can come from some of the unknowns and like, you know, the tight spaces and some of the, I have to use this table 18 different ways. And like, we have to, what would be two things that it's like, but the, if you hold on to these two things, none of that is going to hold you back, right? You'll still have a successful business. I mean, honestly, like, I'm not sure if it answers your question or not, but like mindset work is the thing that anchors me and keeps me going is like, if whether it feels hard or not, like when I get up, I'm journaling, I'm journaling, whatever, and it changes for me. When it feels like a really hard thing, sometimes I have to force myself to write some gratitudes about the the fact that I chose this life. I chose to work into an RV. I chose to homeschool the kids. I chose to have my own business. I'm grateful for the flexibility of it, you know, and then affirmations. This is working, you know, all of the things it changes, right? That that is probably the number one thing that has allowed it to be successful more than schedules or figuring out where everybody's going to go or whatever. And then the other thing is honestly just the fact that I've built the business that 
works around myself and my life yeah. and my clients know this is my life and this is how it works sometimes. Or, oh, that's the other thing, internet. Like we, we've been pretty good with- Yeah, like, you know, that's a good question. <laughs> how does that work for an internet-based business with the internet and the traveling? Yes. So um, I guess my point was like that sometimes- I have spotty internet and I got to tell people, Hey, hold on, give me a second. You know, but that's something you should think about if you're thinking about this lifestyle, it's doable, but it takes some more for planning, like to look up, like we have two different cell carriers. We have Verizon. We've got a hotspot with them and our cell phone. We've got a, a, a cell phones or AT&T with a hotspot. We've got this like cell booster thing that stands up on top of our RV. Yeah. So we do planning ahead of time and see what other people said. If there's no cell service, we don't go there. <laughs> And when yeah. I first, when we first moved into the RV, we were mostly just doing podcast editing. I wasn't doing as many calls. So we're like, okay, well, if we got to drive into town to download stuff or upload stuff, no big deal. But now I do a lot of calls. So we have to be a little more specific of like, yeah, no, I love it. And the contingency plans, like we'll have like over here, this carrier and over here, that carrier, and then we'll have this and we'll have that. Like you have to put some things into, into place. What is an average day like for you? You say build it, build the business around your life. But what would you say an average day is like for you? Um, well. Work days. I mean, honestly, with our life, the fact that we're both working and the kids are here full time and we don't have any backup um, and we both need downtime as well <laughs> is I mean, I I get up most mornings at four in the morning and then I kind of take that like four to five to wake up and have some coffee or do something that feels good for me. So I might do yoga. Most of the time it's just reading and having coffee or journaling. Sometimes I'll do yoga or sometimes I'll meditate, but usually it's just giving myself a chance to wake up. And then between like five and seven, I work, I get more effective work done because everybody else is still asleep. So I keep like, put like my creative work there and like my planning work um, that I have to do. And then the kids wake up at seven. Matt usually wakes up between seven and eight. He's, he's a night owl. So he's, he uses his time like after the kids go to bed and I do it before they get up. Uh, so I, um, that's the way my yeah. husband and I are too. So it works out nicely <laughs> that way. Yeah, yeah. And so the kids get up. We usually, you know, have our like I spend some time with them in the morning get everybody breakfast and then usually I'll do my like two more hours of work during the day like between maybe 10 and lunch or nine and lunch um so I usually kind of try and limit it that seems to be the sweet spot for us for me to like work two hours in the morning work two-ish hours during the day and then that way we have time to do homeschool like that might do homeschool with the kids while I'm working or I might you know or we might just not do homeschool that day or you know then the rest of the day is just kind of like, here, babe, you're going to take, you know, you have two hours here. You can do your time. Like, I'll take the kids out for a bit. He's going to give me an hour. Like, he'll play with the kids for a bit, um, depending on when Matt's workflow works. As he does mostly client-based work, like um, editing yeah. for us. So it kind of depends on what shows up for him. Um, we'll have already planned that out the night before. And so. So how did the pan? So you decided at the end of 2019, we're going to go travel the world <laughs> because travel is going to be just wonderful and easy and great and like open life. And like, then, you know, the pandemic hit. It's like, wah, wah. Like, let's make travel like more difficult than it needs to be. Let's. So how did that impact this or has it? Um, it has, but honestly, like we were set up in a really good position that we were a lot more fortunate than a lot of people in that we had gone through the first three months because we launched is what they kind of call it launched when we like officially moved into the RV December 19th of 2019. So right before Christmas, we had, it was kind of a rough first month or so, like trying to figure out, we were trying to figure out how to like, my husband was installing this like um, solar panel system and battery stuff from never knowing what the heck we were doing. And we were trying to figure out how to 
how, we didn't even know how to use our furnace for like the first couple of weeks <laughs> trying to figure out how to wash dishes how to have everybody in here how to take a shower like in this teeny little bathroom anyway so like and and just getting used to communicating about traveling and and figuring out how to drive the rv like we had done that by the time coronavirus hit and we were actually really fortunate we went uh, we're part of this group called full-time families which if anybody's with kids and interested in full-timing in an rv it's a fantastic group of people these families who it's like a membership but they they're amazing people and we've met like the best friends through it so we had joined their group um just for some like inspiration from other people who were doing this and they had something called a rally before coronavirus these big meetups where like other full-time families would get together at one campground and they had it like week-long events so we did that our very first one the first week of march which was like we were starting to hear about coronavirus yeah it, it was before it's like yet. right before right before the world shut down right yeah. before the world shut down so we made some friends that week um and then like right as we were ending, it was starting to like be like, okay, this might be real here. Um, so we had gone our separate ways. And then a few families that we had met there were like, maybe we should just stick close together as we see what's going to happen. Um, so we made some plans with four other families. We kind of stuck together. We made some reservations with them. We stuck together as everything was going to shit. And then we're like, okay, we're going to quarantine together. Like just the five of us, like we're yeah. not going to, as we figure this out. So we went to one campground. And we just, it it was hard in that we had to kind of make some decisions about some friends that we had of like, we're going to quarantine in this bubble. If, you know, we're expanding outside the bubble, like we kind of have to not be in contact with you right now because nobody knew what was going nobody on. Knew. This was yeah. before the mask mandate, you, you know. A, you had a pandemic pod before pandemic pods were. Cool. We did. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had a <laughs> pandemic pod and it was not my idea. I'm so grateful for our friends that came up with this idea, but it was so amazing because we had this pandemic pod that like my kids were able to have other kids to play with in this yeah. other pod you know it was like just two other families but like we we planned grocery trips together where like only one or two of us went to like minimize exposure and, and all this stuff but we ended up getting stuck kind of not really stuck but at one campground for like six weeks which is longer okay. than we yeah. normally like to stay because things were shutting down all of a sudden yeah. like state parks were shutting down and national parks were shutting down and they were t- in some of the east coast were shutting down private campgrounds even right. and we're like, are they going to have travel bans across the states? Like, are we not going to be able to yeah. go anywhere? And then as they were having the stay in place orders and shutting down campgrounds, one thing about an RV is like, there's no sewer most of the time. Like it's in, it's, it's in, there's a tank attached. Like that's where right. your toilet goes yeah. to and your water goes to from the sink in the shower. So if you're at a campground, like you hook up, you can hook up to their sewer or you can go to something called the dump station to, to empty it. But if the campgrounds are closing, we're like, okay, maybe we can, we can, we're, we can boondock, but where are we going to dump? Like, what are we going right. to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> we like, they're, they're saying at the time, if you've got a home base, go back to your home base. Like, we had no home base. So right, yeah, we were preparing, like, are we going to have to buy some property somewhere and just camp it? Like, I don't know what, you know, we didn't yeah. know what to do, but it, it worked out. Obviously it didn't get quite that severe, but there yeah. was a little bit of fear there of like, we don't know how far this is going to go. Yeah, no, I, I love that you immediately have a, that support too. I think that's so important. So we've heard all the challenges, right? All the challenges that have come with this RV life, but what has been the most rewarding for you since choosing to run a business and do it like this? I mean, I'd say the most rewarding thing of the travel life is like literally that we get to see somewhere new every two weeks, which is amazing. Like so many amazing sunsets, amazing sunrises. Like my kids have thrived in this lifestyle. Like they love it. And the, to see their faces light up as we go and hike new places and explore new things and find cool rocks here and find, you know, 
they're just like they're getting dirty all the time. And the fact that like I can bring my laptop outside, like yesterday I had a call with a new client outside while my kids were like playing with a ball in the dirt. <laughs> like, yeah. And then great. they're just like, you know, so it's flexible that I can do that. Um, is this, I think the most rewarding thing that I, I can do that. And like one day, like I worked like from four, five to seven in the morning and then I didn't work the rest of the day. We went to the beach. Like, yeah. Awesome. No, great. You know, are you planning cool. on continuing this lifestyle like forever indefinitely? Are you guys do you already see an end date of it or no? When we first launched, my husband's kind of download was like we do this for two years. And we're at 13 months now. We're at a point where we don't think we'll ever, at least in the foreseeable future, stop completely. But we do want to in the next year start to find a home base where we'd like half time, half time at a house and half time in the RV. So like we'd be there when it's nice weather and when it's not nice weather travel um so we're on a search for our next home we don't we know we don't want to go back to las vegas and probably not california so yeah oh yeah <laughs> we're just like trying to figure out what does that look like weird how do we yeah. even find a place to live that we've never been before yeah and so it's kind of exciting well that's a fun adventure to go like hunt that out and find it so yeah. doing all of this living this hat going through the pandemic you know but best year yet in your business, what do you think contributed to being able to have that best year yet? Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, like determination, like this, this is our sole income and this is the lifestyle we have. And I just, I want more, right? We want, we want to be able to live this lifestyle. We want to be able to buy a house and we want to be able to give more to our team. And I mean, in addition to the fact that I just absolutely adore all of my clients. You well, and I love that you, you, know. you have a team. So like that's <laughs> yes, important to put out team. there. You have a team. Yes. So, yeah. And that was something we transitioned to not long before we moved into the RV. So I would say I gave as a lesson to like, or advice, if anybody were to make this decision to move into an RV is I gave myself a lot of grace in that first six months, especially of like, if we don't grow, that's fine. If I can just maintain where our business is at right now and figure out how to live in an RV <laughs> and run a business from the road, like that's winning, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, tons of grace. Um, uh, but we had already got the support and then we, but we changed things while we were on the road. I, I let team members go. I brought new team members on. We actually brought on our best friends since we were on the road and, and have sweetened up our team to be this like amazing little pod of people pod of podcast editors <laughs> and um who I'm so grateful for but yes I mean it, you could totally do it alone but like as a podcast editor working part-time making a full-time income to support your family like the team made the most sense for us and now I mean our business is not only supporting our family it's supporting our best friend's family as well, well. that's it right like growing a team means like having an impact for so yeah. many different people's lives but I love determination getting support, but being flexible to change how you're doing that like oh, yeah. with, with a moment. So that's so that's so great. Totally. What is your favorite thing, let's say, about being a digital nomad, just seeing the new places? And and what's your favorite place that you've seen so far? Um, yeah, definitely my favorite thing about being a digital nomad is getting to see something new all the time. Things that yeah. we never would have seen probably before because it was always an excuse not to go, right? Oh, we don't have the money or, oh, this is going to come up or, oh, you know, it's like it's it can be a big thing with like planning to pack up a whole family and do we have to plan time off of work and how does that work running your own business? And then, Oh, we just won't do it. We'll do it later. Like at least in an RV, like all of our stuff comes with us. So it's a little bit of pack up, pack down and, and travel days do impact work days. Some, but it it's so rewarding to get to work from different places and get to 
I love being outside. So you kind of have to want to be outside when you live in an RV. Like it, like we're homebodies, but like I'm outside a lot. So getting to be outside in the sun is one of my favorite things. Have you seen a favorite place? Like what's your favorite so far? You said you traveled like across the country. You've been to all these places. Is there a favorite? I don't know. I've seen a lot of beautiful things, but we spent the summer in Maine with some of our friends that we made. Um, and I Maine in the summer was probably my favorite. It was beautiful. I bet. That's one. Place I wouldn't want to be there in the winter, but no, <laughs> no exactly. Right. Exactly. So you actually recently started your own podcast, correct? Not yet. It's Not been, yet. Okay. It's been, it's been, um, in the works. Actually, we've been planning it all year since before we moved, but you know, and this might resonate with people who have been thinking of starting a podcast. Life happens, things happen. And I was, you know, we were planning to do it together. And so that takes a lot more coordination than just if I was to do it myself. Right. So it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Right. Like, you know, like I, is it still a plan? We haven't talked about it in a little bit, but I think so. I think so. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, and I'm curious because you've edited a lot of really great podcasts. So you get to listen to these podcasts yes. before and you get to hear a lot of the behind the scenes and you get to hear a lot of like the the conversations that other people don't get to hear when they're listening to the final you mm-hmm. know podcast episode. And I'm just curious, what are some of the lessons that you've learned from the podcasts you've edited? Like either for somebody interested out there who might be interested in starting a podcast. And so you've learned these things from other people who are doing podcasts or for just just in general, for business owners in general, have there been some favorite like lessons or takeaways that you've gotten insight into? Um, I would say yes for both. So as far as if you're starting to think about starting your own podcast, the thing I've learned from working with all the many, many women that I've helped start podcasts in the last couple of years is that mindset wobbles happen at this launch stage. And it's very common. And if it's, if you're feeling cold feet, it is normal. <laughs> And it's very common. Sometimes people will often come to me, like so often come to me, so jazzed and so excited and ready to start their podcast and I'm ready to do it. Let's launch it next month. And then as soon as we hit play on it, they're like, oh, like this is scary. And there's so much, it's vulnerable. Even though you're just sitting, staring in front of your computer, it can feel very vulnerable. It can feel like you go through all these, all these fears. Like anytime we start something new in our business or life, right? We get all these fears. Is anybody going to listen? What if it's just like everybody else's podcast? Why would anybody want to listen to my podcast? What am I going to talk about? What if my voice is annoying? But hint, everybody thinks their voice is annoying <laughs> when yep, they first 100%. start hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that from a lot of clients at first. They're like, oh man, um, you know, and, you know, and there's, I get a lot of questions as well about like, how am I going to make? money with my podcast or why how am I going to make this worth it essentially the time and how much time is going to take and all of those questions kind of come up so I guess if you're feeling those things know that that's normal um that's part of what I love what I do because I get to support women through that and be like it's okay I'm here for that I'm here for you like let's work through this let's do a fear inventory let's kind of just like hop on another call and talk through this let's just hit record and then dump that recording you know what I mean like what we need to do but um I would say definitely know that that's there and the perfection thing like you said that so like people sometimes think what I from being on the back end a lot of the times like you said like well people will cough or like a kid will come in or stumble over your words or whatever and like with podcasts like you can edit that out so the people that you listen to for the at least if they're I, I imagine most everybody that's got an editor like 
it's not as perfectly being recorded as you hear in the final episode. So you yeah. don't have to be perfect. <laughs> 100% not being recorded nearly as well as what you're hearing. So I love that your two tips and your kind of, like, Normally, I do like rapid kind of like, what are the books on your nightstand? And what are the, but I have different questions for you. And you kind of just answered the one, which is let's end with some tips. And I have tips in four different areas. So you just said, you know, here are two tips to somebody who wants to start a podcast. Like mindset wobbles, they're normal. You're going to have these feelings. It will really three tips. It's, it's okay. Like dump your perfectionist tendencies, like just get it done and then get some support, whether that's an editor or just somebody to cheer you on or help you do some of the the hard things so that you can, as my friend uh, Brian Fanzo says, who's actually going to be on the, the next episode um, or the next interview, not the next episode, but the next interview. He's like, just hit the damn button. Just hit the damn button. Right. But you need oh, like really? some some support to do that. So I love it. But what are three tips for somebody who wants to start a business? What what three tips would you give for just starting a business? Uh, I mean, I think it's similar, actually, to about like get support, right? Like whether that is a a mentor or a coach, or even if it's a friend, or just make friends with somebody else that has an online business, some sort of support. Although I can't speak highly enough for coaching and mentoring and what you do, Rita. Like I still work with Corey, and I will. Like I told her, you're not going anywhere. Like I can't ever let you go. And I'm just starting to get to mentor other podcast editors, which is so exciting to help share what I've learned. Um, but so what, regardless of what business you're in, like getting support and learning about mindset, that's the biggest thing I've learned from all of you guys listening to your stuff is what mindset is, how to do it. And that's so many different ways too. I mean, you give different tips than, you know, maybe Julia Wells does or Corey Javid does, or, um, everybody talks about yeah the same topics, but different little different, flavors. Different and I've learned so different... much of that, you know, and just, so and, and it's the same thing. Done is better than perfect. Do the damn thing. Do it scared. Get it out there. And and do what feels good, like even whether it's, whether it's your podcast or your business. Do what, what feels about good three for you. tips? What about three tips for living the RV life? So when you said give yourself grace, if you're a business owner and you're going to move into this digital nomad life, give yourself grace. You don't have to grow right away. Like it's okay to maintain. But what would two other tips be? If someone's out there, like I don't even know where to start. Like I don't. I want to do it. You 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 gave a lot of things to consider, but where's that first place I go to start my journey and like transitioning into the RV life? Yeah, um, I would say if you've got a family, whether it's a partner or kids, especially if you've got a partner, just talk about it. Like use work on your communication and make that a priority um, because there's going to be times when you're pissed at each other or times when you're just driving each other nuts or times when you really need some space. And if you can't ask for that, you're not going to get it naturally in an RV. <laughs> so bone up on communication with your partner. Grace is a huge thing, whether that's whether you have a business or not, because sometimes the days do not go as you planned. Like you're in a small space and maybe normally you go spend all time outside, you know, with your kids, but it's raining and it's cold and you're stuck inside all day or somebody's sick or a pandemic happens and you can't go out to museums and all the parks that like we had planned to go yeah, to, yeah, right? you yeah. know, so just give yourself grace and, 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 focus on gratitude and there was something that you said <laughs> earlier about like finding a community of people that are already doing this yes. or like is that usually where people first start like it's, sometimes you feel like you can't be part of a community until you're actually part of the community but is that not true with the rv community no i've, I've met people um like we joined this community um online before we launched but we've met lots of families who didn't even know about it until they just like randomly met uh, another full-time family, like we call it in the wild, like just like, I love it. 
Um, and, and I would say that is huge. And honestly, like, no joke, we have found better community in the RV life than we did in our, they call it sticks and bricks, like our regular house that we did. Um, so many people are outside. So many people are like, you have to be a certain level of weird to live this lifestyle, I think. And so like, we all kind of at least have that in common. Yeah. Um, and so the community is really important. So like I said, I know that if you if you've got kids, full-time families I and I can pop the link in the show notes they're huge support and just an amazing organization I've met some amazing families through there um there's a pro, um if you're like not if you don't have kids but you want to do this there's another um community called escapees which is traditionally more for like the retired um age group but they have a um area called escapers which is for like the younger crowd now the younger crowd who might be like digital nomads or whatnot so they've got a massive community as well there so i'll put the links in the show notes for them if you're thinking of and they can answer all your questions too which is nice like everybody's was so helpful of like what do i choose or what do you think about this or how do you do this or you know everybody's so helpful and that's what i love about the podcasting community too so people ask me like all the time i go to a lot of podcast conferences and i go to and podcasting you know, I use podcast as an extension of my business, but there's so many podcasters that are not using it for their business at all that have just creative, imaginative podcasts because that's their love and their hobby. So like fairy tale podcasts and like mm-hmm. storytelling, like it has no that it's not a business at all. And because of the creativity and the community and the support, like everyone is so helpful and gives different perspectives. So I wrote down as like, you know me, I always do takeaways from each of these. And like the biggest takeaway from here is guys like, be part of a community, whether that you're starting a podcast, join the podcast community because you're supportive. If you want to live the RV life, go find people living the RV life and join a community because they're going to be so supportive. If you want to start a business, go join a community of other entrepreneurs because they're going to yes. be so supportive, right? Like, I love that. I love those People tips. get it in a way that they wouldn't have. Like, if you're starting your own business, if you can talk to other entrepreneurs, they're going to get what you're going through so much better than a family member or friend who's only ever worked in corporate. Like, they can support you and love you, but they just don't get it. They just can't know? answer some of those specific questions of the things you need to know because they've done it. And so I, I love that. I thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you for editing this episode thank you for, you know, making my (laughs) podcast so great. Like, I really appreciate you, but I love the tips that you have because I think, you know, we hear about the freedom lifestyle and we hear about, you know, having your best year yet. But a lot of people don't pull back the curtain to like, you know, here's everything that really went into making it happen. It's a mindset. It's planning. It's logistics. It's it doesn't mean that it's complicated, but like they're things and here are what they are. So I really appreciate you kind of pulling back the curtain and letting people see everything that's involved in not only just running a business or starting a podcast, but also maybe combining that with that freedom lifestyle and and having, you know, seeing that it's possible, but giving people tangible takeaways to make it possible. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun, Rita. Yeah, it was fun. All right, guys. So next week, it'll be me coming at you with my favorite takeaways from today's episode. So stay tuned and I'll catch you next week on another episode of the Rita Mimi Do It Show. Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Rita Mimi Do It Show. And my goal is to share this business-boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, 
every month, one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamamedoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode. Oh, oh, oh.